You're listening to episode 11 of Scaling Up. Welcome to Scaling Up with personal brand and freedom stylist, Elizabeth Hartke. Each week, Elizabeth brings you the tools you need to create a life of true freedom and fulfillment by scaling and monetizing your personal brand. Get clarity, become a leader in your field and make an impact that pays. Grab your favorite healthy smoothie or beer and let's get to the show. Today's episode is going to be a little bit of a hot button subject for some people because time hacking, finding more time in your day, it is one of the biggest struggles I see my listeners, my prospective clients, people who want to do my courses or work one-on-one with me, or even the people that I'm actively coaching, high performers, they struggle with the same thing. Yeah, but I don't have enough time. So today we are totally reframing this narrative. We're rethinking how we look at time, the time that we do have, and we are time hacking the hours in the day and we're breaking down ways to save time, to create more time and let go of that narrative that's stopping most people before they even begin. When they look at something that they want to achieve, they want to accomplish, they want to do, they put the brakes on before even trying because they've convinced themselves that they just don't have the time. So my suggestion is that you make time for this particular episode so you can squeeze more time out of your day, feel confident in the schedule that you create, and I'm going to give you the practical tools and tips that you can start to apply right away and see a difference in your productivity and how you feel about approaching different projects or ideas that you have and just feel like you do have the time. Today's episode is sponsored by my seven-day ditch-your-day-job planner. Over the last seven years, I've researched, I've worked alongside some of the best leaders in different industries and learned all about what it takes to create a life of freedom and fulfillment. And I've compiled the knowledge, the experience, the tools, and the how-tos into a seven-day course that is specifically designed for the go-getter who is ready to lay that groundwork for breaking out of their nine-to-five-day job and bringing their idea, their passion, their purpose, or their business to life. Whether you haven't even gotten anything off the ground yet or you want to go next level in what you've already created, you will spend seven days with me building out your plan to be able to ultimately ditch your day job. This is the blueprint. I have been there. I was stuck in that cubicle life. I had this aching that I knew I was made for something more and was being called to take some major, major leaps in my life. My only regret was not starting sooner. So I wish so desperately that I had something like this to speed up my process from day one. And I am doing something extra special for my listeners too. You are going to get early VIP access to my seven-day ditch your day job planner. And that means you get it at my limited time VIP pricing too. So you're going to get over 50% off just because you're my people. And I totally want to see you live your dreams. Now on to the show. I would like to point out that at this point today, at the time of this recording, I am officially 40 weeks pregnant. I have never made it this far in a pregnancy. I always go with my other two. I went a little bit early and it surprises me that I'm still pregnant, but there's been a lot of peace in the journey this time because I feel like I planned ahead so much, assuming that I would go at 37, 38, 39 weeks. 
So I got everything done that I possibly could. Nesting was in absolute full effect. And as a result, I now actually have some white space on my calendar. So I'm super excited about it. I'm not mega rushed to go into labor, although I'm dying to meet this beautiful baby. And we've been soaking up our time with our two little toddlers and as a married couple before we become a family of five. And I will also tell you that at the time of this recording, at 40 weeks pregnant on my official due date today, I am having contractions as I'm recording this episode. (laughs) I don't know if they're the real deal or not yet. I've been having them on and off for a week. And it's just a testament to how much I love you guys. And I love this podcast. And I love bringing value into the world. And showing you guys that no matter what you're up against, what you're facing, you can find the time, you can find the will, you can find the energy to shine your light into the world. So let's go. Let's talk about time hacking today. Can you please trust me when I tell you that I absolutely get the whole time struggle? I always have understood it. I have memories that are really vivid from when I was a kid. I was in school playing on multiple sports teams, parts of different clubs, volunteering, had homework, family responsibilities, all that stuff. And my mother would ask me to put my dish in the dishwasher instead of just in the sink after I ate. And I'd emphatically exclaim to her, mom, I don't have the time. Like it takes any more time to put the dish in one place versus another. But I had written a narrative on my life that I simply didn't have the capacity for more. And I viewed a very busy, full life as a right to say that I can't. And then I'd convince myself that I didn't have time the same way people convince themselves that they don't have money when it really comes down to how you're using that time or how you're using that money. But here's the kicker. When you look back at that stage of my life, at that same time that I didn't have time to walk six inches to my left to open the dishwasher and put that dish in the dishwasher because I had convinced myself that I was too strung out, I was too busy, I had too many other things on my plate, I was watching TV I was playing with my friends. I would sleep in on the weekends. I would go to the movies. And I did all the other things that kids like to do. And there's nothing wrong with that. I hope my kids get to experience a really well-rounded childhood like I did. But the point is, I did have the time. It was just about how I was choosing to use it. Because we all have the same 24 hours in a day. Some of us have more tasks on our to-do list and more responsibilities. Maybe you're a parent and you're working or you're in school and you're working or whatever your situation might be. We have to start to break down and be more self-aware and conscious of how we choose to utilize our time. So the first big kick in the pants for me when it came to going from acting like a victim of limited time to taking ownership of my day and the clock and my schedule was when a mentor of mine challenged me to do something. And he said, I want you to replace the phrase, I don't have time, with the phrase, I'm choosing not to prioritize that. I hate it that challenge. I literally hated that challenge because every time I'd go to fall back on my trusty excuse that I'd become really accustomed to using my entire life, I'd have to choke out this awful new truth. I'm choosing, which means I was taking ownership, not to prioritize that. 
But after a few times of having to cough it up, I started to actually hear what I was saying and it took effect. It was something that I started to understand. I had to get intentional and clear about what I wanted with my life and what I wanted to come of my days or my future and use my time accordingly to get there. So my goal today is to give you some practical, actionable tips and strategies that have really worked well for me in regards to saving and finding time. But like with all things, we need to lay the foundation for one, believing that it's actually possible that we can do this, and two, wrapping our minds around what's required of us to ultimately get there. So I have a multitude of things that I've done that have really helped this process along for me because I told you, it doesn't come naturally to me. I'm not naturally organized. I'm not the type to use a schedule. So whether you're type A or you're more like me, this is going to work for you and you can just take one thing at a time and apply it. So as far as the mindset piece, there are two simple things that I put into play that really helped me. And I know you guys want the, you know, give me the go-to steps and I'm going to get there. But the first one was journaling. And you wouldn't think that taking on another activity is going to help you to save time. Like you might be sitting there saying, well, I don't journal now. Why would I want to take five or 10 minutes of my day to add another thing on? But that's kind of the point of this episode is that you actually are going to be doing maybe more things than you are currently doing but they will still save you time. So when you start your day with the simple practice of getting intentional of how you want that day to play out, it's going to not just save you time on your calendar or your schedule, but it's going to save you mental energy, which is really important when it comes to being efficient. Because if you don't know where you're going, you won't know how to spend that time and you won't know what deserves your time. So if you sit down and you set your intentions for the day and you become more self-aware about how you feel, how you want to feel, you'll know where to aim, your energy, your focus, what should show up on your calendar that day. And this should be short and sweet. I'm not talking about sitting down and pouring out your heart into a diary about all the emotions that might be happening or things that might be going on in your life. I'm talking about specifically an intentions journal where you set aside five minutes or so and you don't go beyond that. Like you set your your limit. I set mine at 10 minutes. I think five minutes is fine. And you just Get specific about how you want the day to look, what you're focusing on, where you're putting your energy. So the next thing that is going to sound funny, but will help immensely, is you have to slow down to speed up. We power through life, and oftentimes it's on autopilot, and autopilot is a dangerous thing. And when you wing it, you're constantly living in a reactive state. So when you try to do too many things at once, you're sacrificing time. We've all really started to embrace this life of multitasking. We think that we're masters at doing a million things at once, especially as women. Like we're watching the kids as we're doing the dishes, as we're listening to a podcast, as we're creating content. Like the reality is if you're trying to do two things, you're effectively doing no things. Multitasking reduces your efficiency and your performance because your brain can only focus on one thing at a time. So when you try to do two things at once, your brain lacks the capacity to perform both tasks successfully. So you're, you're shooting yourself in the foot if you think that multitasking is a strength of yours. And you might think you're doing things quickly and effectively, but you're putting out fires that usually aren't even yours instead of stoking the ones that you want to be roaring in your life. So slow down, map out your day, your week, your month, your year, have a vision for where you ultimately want to go, how you want to feel. That's kind of a part of that journaling intentional process. 
and know what deserves your time and what deserves a giant no from you. You want to be strategic in this process and know that being proactive and planning ahead and seeing a little bit into the future are not time sucks for you, but they're both time and energy savers. So we can get into action steps now. I know this is what you guys want. I know this is what the audience eats up here. So let's dive in. We're going to, I'm going to give you my 10 best tips. These are things that I've learned from my mentors that have worked really closely with people who are insanely successful in their fields. And you guys know how I define success as the whole person, not just how much money someone's making or how many followers they have. So here's my process. These are some of the tools I've used and what I've applied in my own life that have made a huge impact in squeezing more time out of my days. And I'm a busy mom. I have two toddlers. God willing, I have another one coming any day now. Hopefully by the time you listen to this, if I don't have a child, I'm probably committed into the insane asylum. So it's important to me when being with my children and being a present wife and taking care of a home and running two big businesses that I'm learning how to be efficient. The first thing I'm going to recommend to you is going to make you cringe, but it is a physical thing that you can do that is going to change the way you live. Brace yourself. Be sitting down. I want you to shut off all notifications from being pop-ups on your phone. Let me say that again. I am actually challenging you. I am asking you to shut off all notifications from being pop-ups on your phone. So what does that mean? Why would that save you time? Every time your phone dings, every time you see it light up, every time you see an Instagram notification or a Facebook message or an email pop up, anything like that, you are shifting your focus from whatever you're doing to even if it's just peripherally seeing and knowing that something has popped up on your phone that would take you away from that task, even if you don't open it, it's slowing you down. Because like we said before, your brain cannot focus on two things at once. So if in that split second that your energy goes to, oh, there's something on my phone, even if you do not open it, it is requiring time for you to then get back on track to what you were doing in the first place. So I shut off all notifications and instead I set reminders in my phone or on my schedule to tell me when to go into those apps or those things that would normally pop up and ding at me for a dedicated amount of time to focus on those specific tasks. So for example, I run my business a lot on social media, Instagram, Facebook. So instead of allowing every time I get an Instagram message or a Facebook message for it to pop up, which can often be like a business-focused task for me, I shut off those notifications and I have on my schedule when I go into Instagram and specifically open up my messages to then answer them. And then to take that one step further, I set an amount of time that I dedicate to doing that so that I don't aimlessly lose two hours in Instagram kind of answering messages, kind of scrolling. I'm really, really, really intentional with that time. I like to do things in 30-minute bursts. So if I'm going in Facebook, Instagram, my email, I, I usually, for tasks like that, I lot 30 minutes to power through those tasks. And by not having it pop up on my phone, even when I'm with my children, like let's say I'm not in the middle of a work day, when I'm playing with my kids, if I hear my phone ding, if I see it light up, my energy shifts from my children 
to my phone. And that's not fair to them. I don't want to raise my kids questioning whether they're going to win for my attention or my phone that day. So it removes the temptation because I'm human and I'm not perfect. And when my phone dings, it is a distraction to me. I just eliminate the distraction, take away the temptation. That was the one of the most freeing things I've ever done. And it has saved me hours a day. Because you can get lost. Your phone can be one of your greatest assets and tools for your business or your life, or it can be one of your biggest enemies. So on that same note, the second tip I'm going to give you is to use the Moment app. The Moment app is very humbling (laughs) and very eye-opening and very stomach-churning when you first start to use it. So what it is, is it basically tracks your behavior on your phone. It tells you how much time you're spending in each app or each tool on your phone. It's telling you how many times you mindlessly pick up your phone. Like it can register how many times you're picking up your phone just out of habit. You know, like, for example, my husband and I, you know, we might have a movie night and we'll sit down and at our house and we'll be watching a movie. And if he gets up to go to the bathroom and we pause the movie, my old way of doing things was like automatically pick up my phone because this is a space of time. I need to fill it. We've kind of gotten into this world where we're not comfortable with silence. We're not comfortable with nothingness. We're not comfortable being alone with our own thoughts. So we fill it and we usually fill it with our phone because it's convenient. It's always on us. So the Moment app told me how many times a day I was doing that. And it was shocking. And like I said, it was humbling. And you can also set goals. Like you can set goals for how many, how much time you spend on your phone and try and stay under that amount of time. And it just is giving you the self-awareness you need to be able to track what you're doing because it's, it's hard to set a goal and then not track it and know if you're, you're hitting that goal or not. But what it also did was it taught me to stop picking up my phone, stop opening Instagram to mindlessly scroll it. And it has saved me over, this is scary, for me, and I'm not even a huge phone user. I use it a lot for business, but I try not to use it for personal use, especially when my family's around, over 10 hours a week. What would you do with 10 hours a week? All it did was make me so self-aware and so sick to my stomach by how ridiculously dependent I was on my phone that I chose to change my behaviors. It obviously doesn't do it for you. There are also settings on it where it can actually like lock you out of certain things if you're not disciplined. I used that in the beginning until I kind of built up that discipline and that habit of not using it. And there are other tools kind of under the same tip of eliminating distraction and becoming self-aware that help you get rid of your newsfeed on your desktop. So for someone like me that does a lot of business in my social media apps, I work from my desktop whenever I can because I hate trying to work from my phone um, just because I have bad eyesight and holding this little thing. And I don't like always having my work on me. And I always I feel like if my phone's on me, then I could be answering an email or doing something productive. So there is eradicator, newsfeed eradicator. I think you have to use Chrome for that. But what it does is it literally gets rid of your newsfeed. So when I go into Facebook, it keeps me focused instead of kind of getting lost and scrolling and seeing what everyone else has going on in their lives. I focus on my life and what I went into that app to do. So answer messages or get back to people or check my ads or whatever it might be. And for Instagram, also kind of along those same lines, because I don't love working for my phone, there's an app called Flume. I'm not paid to promote any of these things. And I don't even think they're the best 
option out there necessarily. They're just what I've found at this point, and I'm open if you guys have other suggestions. But I use Flume for my Instagram Messenger uh, so that I'm not in the Instagram app on my phone, which is like, it's so pretty. Everyone's pictures are so pretty and their kids are so cute and their stories are funny and I can get totally lost in that stuff. But instead, when I use Flume on my desktop, I'm just opening up the message section and I'm powering through messages the same way I'd power through email. That's why email is so great is because it's less distracting. There's not a news feed to get lost in. So the goal is to eliminate distraction, to become self-aware, and then to make changes accordingly. The third tip I would give you is to create a morning ritual routine that puts you ahead before your day even really gets its start. This might involve you waking up a little earlier so that you can do that, but when you craft it the right way, it can be something that you actually look forward to, even if you're not, I'm not a morning person. No matter what I do, no matter how well I eat, no matter what time I go to bed, I just... My body is not in a rhythm, it's never gotten used to it over the years, but I, when I have a routine or a ritual or something that I look forward to, it helps me get out of bed. Like knowing I'm going to have that warm cup of tea and I'm going to stretch and I'm going to journal for a few minutes and meditate for a few minutes and pray and, and start my day with gratitude and then get into a workout that's going to give me physical energy, all of those things, it starts to become something that I look forward to. It's my quiet time at the start of my day. So maybe you're the type of person who, you know, you've always been saying, I want to work out. I want to be in shape. I want to feel better. I want to have more energy, but you quote, can't find the time to do it. Maybe you get up a little earlier and you crush your workout before your day even starts. And that's one thing that you used to push off or say, I don't have time for that, that you now have made a non-negotiable. It's a part of your routine and it's a part of your day to day. And it's going to boost your energy and help you be more efficient throughout the day. And Maybe the morning when it's quiet, if you get up before the sun, before the kids, before the crazy, that's when you do your reading or your writing or your planning or your research for whatever it is you do. I like to do mostly things that I enjoy in my morning routine and that start me off with good mental and physical energy and on the right foot for the rest of the day. So my routine kind of in a nutshell, and I've broken this down more in depth in previous episodes, is to work out, meditate in prayer, to journal. All these things are really short. Like I I set timers for them, by the way. I have it in my phone. I hit the five-minute timer so that I'm staying on track. I read. I stretch. I shower. I have my tea, my podcast, and then I love breakfast, and I make my shake, and I enjoy it. But then I pick one thing that I would typically avoid and I knock it out before the day even begins. And the reason I do that is because I hate having something hanging over my head that I know I should be doing, that I keep pushing off till the end of the day when my energy is less, when my focus is less. When I knock it out first thing, I feel like a million bucks. I'm already ahead before anyone else is dictating my day and how it's going to go. Before I've opened up, you know, my phone and gotten distracted or had the kids calling my attention or whatever it might be. So oftentimes that one thing for me is getting back to my messages and my emails from the day prior. And again, I set an alarm and I keep it short. That one's usually like 15 minutes. Or maybe sometimes it's writing a piece of content that's been haunting me or meal prepping so that I'm, you know, staying on track with how I'm eating. But pick something that you might typically avoid 
and knock that out after you do these things that give you mental and physical energy to start your day. My fourth tip, use your planner to your advantage. Either, I've gone through different phases of testing out doing this both ways, but either the night before, so when I end my workday on my calendar is 15 minutes to plan out my next day. So that when I'm closing my planner, I'm waking up the next day with my day already planned out. I'm not winging it. I know where I'm spending my time, what gets my focus. Or you can do it in the morning if you're disciplined before you open up your phone, before you open up your email and dedicate 15 minutes to planning out your day. Lately, I've been in a phase of doing it in the morning because I enjoy kind of creating that and, and starting that fresh at the beginning of my day. But my bigger picture is already planned because I've, I use a 90-day calendar, which is one of my tips that I'll talk about in a minute. But this allows me to fine-tune things, be aware of what's allowed into my day and what's not allowed into my day, where is my energy and my focus going, and a key, create white space in your calendar. Actually schedule in time for whatever it is, nothingness. If you feel like you need to scroll Facebook or Instagram, schedule some time in to like just be mindless if that's how you roll. But schedule in that white space. I schedule in white space for both things like going to take a walk or doing a really quick short workout, like two, three minutes, something to boost my energy again, have something to drink or whatever it is. But I also like to schedule in those little breaks just for overflow too. So like if I'm working on content and I'm coming up on my last few minutes of completing that content based on the time I've set, I use, I use timers on my phone to stay on track because I wouldn't otherwise, then I can use that white space for overflow. So if I'm like really in a groove, I can just kind of flow into that white space and complete what I was doing. And along those lines of using your planner to your advantage, and this is something you can put into your planner that I do put into my planner every day, my fifth tip is batching your work. That same concept of multitasking, jumping around and and doing multiple things at once or thinking you're doing multiple things at once applies to the concept of jumping around from task to task to task that aren't all related. And as I use my planner, I know ahead of time what days or time slots are dedicated to what. I started that batching process. So instead of a Monday looking like, okay, I record a podcast episode, I get back to my email, I connect with my team, I create some blog content, I do my social media stuff, I started blocking my time and batching it. It felt super reactive to me to jump around from thing to thing. But when I had sole focus on one specific thing at a time for a set chunk of time, it allowed me to not have to jump around and made me very efficient. So for example, Tuesdays are my team day. Like nothing comes into my Tuesday if it's not dedicated to connecting with my team, mentoring my people, working one-on-one with people or creating content specific to my team, touching base with them, um, getting things organized for the upcoming weeks. So Tuesdays are for my team. So that's an example of a day that I batch an entire day. I block an entire day for one topic. But then I have other days that, like a Monday, for example, that are broken down into bigger batching slots. So I have a big slot for content creation. So that's like two straight hours of content creation. And then I get specific when I do my planner of what content falls in that two-hour slot. Maybe it's all podcast, maybe it's blog, maybe it's video content, whatever it might be. 
then maybe I'll have a bigger block of time that's for getting back to prospects or customers or checking in with people, replying to emails, etc. And then I'll have a section for my calendar. And then Wednesdays, it's just recording podcasts, just podcast episodes. So you can decide how you want to batch. But the point is, is that you're setting bigger chunks of time for a task that is all in one category. So your mind can stay in that one place. And then you're you're giving yourself the opportunity to get ahead. You only give yourself like a half an hour to do a task that takes two hours. You're just constantly like checking back in on that task and trying to catch back up on it versus just knocking it out. And that leads us right in to tip number six, which is finish what you start. This is not my natural way of being. I am the type of person, and still to this day, I have to fight the urge When I'd finish a workout, I'd go and I'd take off my clothes and I'd throw them on the floor instead of putting them in the hamper a few feet over because in my mind it was saving me time. Like it's way quicker to just drop them on the floor and go shower versus taking that split second extra to complete the task so I never have to go back to it later. Makes you so much more efficient and it frees up mental space. And that's really important. So do things when you can to completion within reason. I mean, like if you're working on a a book, don't sit there for 10 days straight and knock out this book because I said you have to finish what you start. But even in the smaller tasks, it makes you more effective. And when you're doing things where you, this is kind of fun. I'm really competitive and I'm actually really competitive with myself a lot. Like I always want to beat my own best time, my own best piece of content. I like to see myself progress. I don't really care as much about what everyone else is doing as I care about what I've done and what I can do better. So when I have a task that I don't necessarily love, let's say emptying the dishwasher. That's a good example. I want to complete that task and I want to be really efficient. Where can you buy back time in your day? So I'm the weirdo who hits the timer on her phone and sees how fast I can unstack the dishwasher, start to finish. And it's turned into a little game for me because I'm actually saving myself a lot of time because I'm saving myself multiple minutes because I used to like drag through a task I didn't want to do. So anytime you can find these little things, like I do it with getting ready in the morning too because... I was sick of my husband being like, you take so long to get ready. Well, now I want to be able to shower, blow dry my hair, fix my hair, do my makeup and get dressed all in the time that my husband just has to shower all with one stupid bar of soap and not have to do anything after. So I challenge myself to be more efficient and effective in the day-to-day tasks you can't really get out of doing. So that's... Another good little tidbit, if you're competitive, you can try timing yourself and seeing where you can buy back minutes in your day. If you could do that with like a handful of things and each thing you're carving off two minutes and you get 10 minutes back in your day, that's 10 minutes that you could dedicate to something that you used to say you didn't have time for. And there are plenty of other tips that we're giving you today that will save you a lot more than 10 minutes in your day. Tip number seven. Use a 90-day rolling calendar. Talked about this multiple times before, previous episodes, in my courses that I run. The reason you want a 90-day rolling calendar is because if you can project 
and look at your next three months and always know what deserves your focus over the next three months. When you do your day-to-day planner, if it doesn't align with the vision of the next three months, it doesn't go on your planner for that day. So you can be more effective. I started doing an audit of my calendar and looking back at the last three months. And I started to notice that the goals I had set for myself, whether they were business goals or personal goals or health goals or whatever they were, I would set them. And I would set them completely independent from my calendar. And then I would go about my way and I'd create my calendar. But when you put them next to each other, it didn't make sense. What was going on in my calendar had nothing to do with advancing myself towards the goals, towards what I wanted. But when you are intentional about the next 90 days, always ahead of time, you know where your energy and your focus should be going, and you won't put things in your day-to-day that distract you from the big picture. You won't put things in your day-to-day that don't align with your 90-day calendar. So start using that 90-day process so you can always feel ahead of the curve. When you feel ahead of the game, you are more effective, you are happier, you are less stressed, and you're saving yourself time because you're not putting things on there that aren't working towards the big picture. So for example, I'll have someone connect and say, oh, do you want to speak on my podcast? Or do you want to be a guest blogger? Or will you come speak at this event? To look at my 90-day calendar, I have to look at my goals and I have to say, well, is this an effective use of my time? Is this helping me work towards what I ultimately want? If the answer is no, even if it's a seemingly great opportunity or it pays really well or it's something that I would be excited about. If it doesn't fit those other things, it doesn't go on there. And now I've just saved myself two days of travel to go speak at an event that wasn't going to serve me. That's a lot of time. And the same thing goes for taking on roles that are not meant for you to take on right now. I know people that I've worked with and mentored that wonder why they always feel so stressed, why they never have any time, and why they can never do the things that they want to do. Like they want to be really fit. They want to be incredibly present parents. They want to go from a six-figure earner to a seven-figure earner or a five-figure earner to a six-figure earner in their business, and they can't identify why they're not making it happen. So we do an exercise that I call the role creep. This is a big part of my seven-day ditch-your-day-job planner to kind of audit what roles do you take on in your life. Okay, you're a mom. You're not going to trade that role in. You're a manager at your work. Okay, we got that. Can't just walk away from that right now. Your homeroom mom your soccer mom, your leading Bible study at church. These are all good things, but do they all have to be done right now? And are they all in this moment serving your life, working towards your vision, your goals, and what you're looking to accomplish? Or are they just taking time and are you just saying yes to everything because you feel like you should? So really auditing those roles and looking at them and saying, wait, these should be a part of my life right now. Or maybe this is good for six months from now because I'm really trying to get this book out And being the PTA mom, the soccer mom, the homeroom mom, all the things, that's not going to help me get this book out. It's not going to help me serve the world. It's not going to help me be a more present mom. So I'm going to eliminate some of these roles for right now and take them on when it's appropriate. And you can use your 90-day calendar to do that and be aware of what's showing up on your schedule and on your calendar. Tip number eight, if it's taking up space in your brain, it's probably in some way, taking up time on the clock. So when I have an idea, which I do have these random ideas pop into my head throughout the day, oftentimes in the middle of the night, sometimes when I'm in the shower, driving, whatever, 
I used to have to stop what I was doing to then focus on that idea because I thought like, oh, I'm going to lose it if I don't just do it or just get it done. Oh, oh, I just forgot. I never got back to that person that emailed me. I better just, I know I'm in the middle of this other task, but I'm just going to pull up my email real quick and get back to this person so I don't forget. I had to stop doing that. So I now, I use Evernote, super simple app on your phone. You can legit use the notes app. Like it doesn't have to be anything complicated. You can carry around a pen and paper if that's what you want to do, a little notebook. Get the ideas out of your head so they don't take up time and space. This is so basic, but we often don't do it. So I'll organize it in Evernote of all different things. Like I'll often have a podcast episode idea pop into my head. So I have a little note in Evernote for podcast ideas or course creation ideas or things I can't forget to do ideas like respond to that email. And then I, again, a lot time in my day to day to go in and complete that task, but I'm not going to do it in the moment. So pick whatever app fits you. There's Trello, Asana, the Notes app, Evernote. There's so many. And just have these little opportunities to drop your idea in there and forget about it until you set the time to go in and take care of it. Tip number nine, be present in what you do. This will not only save you time and help you be effective in whatever it is you're doing, it will add to your quality of life. And it will make the people that you are with in that moment feel like they're the only people in your world in that moment. And that's how you want to strive to make everybody feel no matter what you're doing. I used to be in this place when I was somewhat new to being a mom and running my business. And I was like, okay, like my kids are really young. Like they don't really notice if I'm on my phone, right? So like if I'm sitting on the floor, kind of giving them attention, I can also be responding to these emails. Not only was it making me super ineffective in both things I was doing, being a good mom and paying attention to what I was writing in emails, It was also weighing on me. It made me feel like crap all the time because I felt like I was doing a subpar job at everything I was doing. And I didn't feel organized about it. And I didn't feel strategic about it. And I never could really remember what I got done today because I wasn't tracking it and wasn't paying attention to it. And I wasn't planning for it. And I made a decision. And this kind of goes back to the batching and the setting aside specific time for specific things to just be present. And I'm not perfect with this. I still struggle with it. But when I clock out of work, and I work from home, so it's hard because I could easily bring my computer into the living room with me or have my phone on me when we're doing movie night and just respond to Instagram messages. But for my own sanity, my own morale, and like the culture of my family, what I wanted my kids to see, they see when we're on the phone. You know, my husband notices if my attention is on him or someone in Instagram Messenger. So I have to be disciplined enough to say, when I'm checking out, my phone's going away. And I'm not super disciplined sometimes. So to, again, eliminate the distraction, I just don't even keep that phone in my room. It's not even available to me in the time where I'm being present with something else. And sometimes when I work from home, you know, it's hard because my I'm not like locking my, barricading myself in my office. So my kids are toddlers. They want to pop in. They want to see me, which I love. It's one of the reasons I love working from home. But on the days that I really have to be present and really have to focus and knock out a task, maybe I'm writing out a podcast outline or I'm creating a piece of content that has to get out because it's going into my online course. Maybe that day I go work from the cafe 
or I set my work schedule for when the kids are asleep so there aren't those distractions. So just be present in what you do. It will not just save you time, but it'll make you feel better. Tip number 10, the final guy, Mel Robbins' five-second rule. It's a book I read. I saw, first I saw her speak. She came and spoke at a conference that I was at, and it was the most basic concept on the planet. And you're going to think it's ridiculous if you've never read it, but you got to read her book or listen to it on audio or just pull up a couple YouTube videos of her. You'll get the gist. It's the concept of how much time we waste thinking about what we need to do before we actually do it. And this was so funny to me because I never realized how much time I'd spend either dreading something like, I don't want to open my email. Should I open my email? All right, I'll open my email. I'll open it. I answer an email. I really don't. I'm going to get back to this in a little bit. I'm going to go get something to eat. How much time we're circling the thing we have to do and not just doing it. And she created this concept of the five second rule where you it actually triggers something in your brain when you count backwards from five versus one to five and you count five, four, three, two, one, and just start. Like you, it, it gets you to stop thinking and start doing. So I'm not going to break down the entire five second rule. It's, it's a pretty simple concept, but she goes into more detail. Read, listen to, find content on the five second rule and apply it. I started doing this last year after I heard her speak at this conference and I can't tell you how many things that I got done in that first week of doing it that would normally have taken me hours. I did it in a fraction of the time. It blew me away because I kept thinking, this is the dumbest thing ever. Like, this is the most basic caveman concept. You could, like, I'm going to count down backwards from five and I'm magically going to do something that I didn't want to do. It's like when you're standing on a diving board and you just have to rip the band aid off and jump into that freezing cold water and you do that like five, four, three, two, one, you just jump. It gets you to stop thinking and you just jump. You just do it. And I started saving so much time and I timed it. The first thing I did was I timed it in my workout. So I had my circuit I was doing that day of HIIT training at my house and I had my list of exercises. And I noticed that when I timed my workout, it took me about 45 minutes to go through this full circuit. But then when I applied this five, four, three, two, one, five second rule, I did this workout in 19 minutes. Now, why is that? Because the time in between that I would get a drink of water and I'd sit down and I'd open my phone and I'd rewind a little bit on my podcast to listen to like what they were just saying, I eliminated all the BS. I got rid of all this downtime that was wasted. So that was so, so powerful, that five second rule. And the last thing I'm going to say, because I know I gave you my 10, but this is a bonus. And I think it was one of the best things I did. Pick one thing, one action, one habit that you have in your life right now that you can eliminate one hour of it a week. Just do this one hour at a time. Netflix, reading mindless books that aren't serving you, scrolling on your phone, whatever it is. And you can start by just eliminating like 10 minutes a day. That'll get you an hour back in your week and then do a little bit more and a little bit more. Become aware of your habits. By saving that time, you're getting time back. I deal with it on the daily of people who want something, but they have already written their narrative of not having the time. What are you going to do about it? 
because you might have a stupid busy schedule. You might have multiple kids that you're driving everywhere in between having to work and you're going to school at night and you're running that side hustle and you're trying to turn it into something and you're a spouse and you have a house to take care of and you're trying to feed your family. I get it. What are you going to do about it? So become aware of the moments where you check out on your day and you lose time. Where are you inefficient? Where are you just kicking your feet up and thinking that, well, I deserve this hour of Netflix? Well, hell yeah, you probably do deserve it, but is it serving you in what you ultimately want? Do you want to live the rest of your life saying, I don't have time, or do you want it to get better? Do you want the time to dedicate to the things that you keep saying you would love to have in your life? So become aware one hour at a time per week, eliminate something that is not serving you and that is wasting your time and start to get that time back. All of this, again, is coming from someone who struggles with this too. I feel like that's why I can speak on it a little bit is because I'm continually butting my head against this narrative that I've had my entire life. But what I have learned is that these simple tweaks, these 10 tips, that bonus tip, the way of thinking, all of those things, they work. But just like with everything else, the only work if you put the work in. So as you go forth into this next week, pick one thing of this list of 10 and apply it. Pick that bonus and apply it. Do something to not just be a consumer of information through podcasts and books and whatever else it is, because that is also a waste of time if you're consuming information and not applying it. So I hope you go out there, you become a killer time hacker. You get that time back into your day and you use it for good. You use it for those dreams, for that vision for your life, for that business you want to build, that body you want to create, whatever it is for you, because you can. You absolutely can. I believe in you. You have 24 hours in a day. What are you going to do with it? Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Before you go, make sure you take a minute to subscribe to the show so you don't miss out on all of those amazing frommies, freebies for my homies, obviously, and content that we're creating just for you. And if you like today's episode, can you help us out and help us get this in the hands of more people by taking a screenshot of today's episode and sharing it with your friends, tagging me, passing it around on social media. Guys, we've got to get this mission and this movement out there to more people so that they are living their purpose and living out their dreams and getting paid for it well too. I'm also so thankful for all of the amazing feedback we've been getting in the reviews. So if this podcast is helping you grow, take a second and go review us on iTunes and be sure to check out today's show notes for more details and takeaways from the show. Until next week, guys, keep scaling up.